Mediated Conversation on SAFM. It is 33 minutes after 8, 27 minutes to the top of the hour. You're listening to the Mediated Conversation. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for the honor and the pleasure of your company this morning. Teenage pregnancy is an absolute epidemic in this country, a crisis of proportional measures. The vast majority we know through stats of teenage pregnancies are young girls between the ages of 10 and 19 fathered by teachers and men of adult age. Right. In some instances, it is young teenagers who are impregnating other teenagers. Uh, but that seems to be uh, in, in the minority of the statistics that we're talking about. In Limpopo in particular, in 2021, 11,000 schoolgirls fell pregnant at the hands of male teachers. That is a part of the crisis that we're dealing with. So our schools are not really safe environments for young children, young girls in particular between the ages of 10 and 19. Uh, in KwaZulu-Natal, more than 1,200 girls last year alone, uh, under the age of 14, under the age of 14, were pregnant. What are we getting wrong in our school environments? Kotleko Nogoduka, who is the uh, Department of Basic Education Chief Director for Care and Support, uh, starts off the mediated conversation with us this morning. Kotleko, good morning and welcome to SFM Sunrise. Really, really do appreciate it. What are we getting wrong in our schooling environment? Good morning, Oliver, and good morning to your listeners at home. Uh, I don't want to say we are getting it wrong at the, at the schooling environment. You would remember that the schools are part of the community and they reflect what is happening in the community. So looking at where South Africa is in terms of our morality, where we have children as young as age 9 and 10 giving birth, uh, so the schools are reflecting the same issues that are happening in our communities. And it is of great concern for us as, as the department, as you are aware that parents send their children to school to be safe. Uh, but because the teachers and everybody else that is within the schooling uh, community is reflecting the status of what is currently happening in the country. We have this impact uh, of educators also preying on our children. Yeah, I mean, we can we can say that the community is 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 uh, well that schools are not uh, separated from the community and that schools form part of the community. But when we speak about schools in particular, we speak about teachers not only being uh, you know perpetrators of statutory rape. We're also speaking about teachers actively creating an unsafe environment within our schools uh, and merely saying, well, this is a society-wide problem is correct, but it's not answering the heart of the problem. How are we not uh, having better human resource cultures that ensure we get rid uh, of raping teachers, or, 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 of, of teachers who rape? And I say rape here deliberately because that's effectively what it is. And how do we make sure that we have environments and cultures where we teach uh, uh, our children about the limits of consent or at least about the framework of consent and how teachers should not be exploiting them? You know, Oliver, in terms of the government policy, um, there, there, is, um, there are parameters uh, in terms of how educators as professionals and as caregivers of our children are supposed to be behaving. So if you look at what has happened um, when it is reported that an educator has uh, raped a child, and you are correct, it is statutory rape according to the South African law. Uh, the SACE, which is a, 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 a body that regulates the, the, the profession of the educators, they take responsibility in making sure that they deal with their member. The teacher unions also deal with the member. 
But as you are aware, and we are saying statutory rape, um, the South African Police Service also gets into it, where then they take, they investigate the case, and then they take the matter into the in, into the law. And those educators are then registered um, in the Department of Basic, in the Department of Social Development database as perpetrators of sexual violence against children, and then they are not allowed to be uh, employed in schools again. So when the Department of Basic Education employs educators, we do vet them against the, uh, the, the database. Yeah. But as you are aware, uh, the, 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 the rate of uh, completing the cases in the country is low. So even if an educator, is, if the law has not uh, taken its course and the educator is then uh, taken into the system, their names would not make it to the, to, to the register and you find them popping up in another school in another province. Over the so last 10 years, how many educators have been fired uh, or eradicated from uh, our education system as a result of this? Unfortunately, Oliver, I don't have that stats uh, on top of my head, uh, but um, after this uh, conversation, I can get that information to you. But I'll just give you an example. In the past two weeks, we had a case uh, in Eastern Cape in Dujua where an educator has been taken to jail uh, and they had impregnated more than three learners uh, in the same school that they were in within a period of one year. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's a little bit disappointing that you don't have that stats, but please do get it to me. I would love to know. I think it's an important uh, uh, indicator of success, right? And and whether or not we're making a dent at this. Another part uh, of 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 the crisis is also just kids impregnating other kids, right? And uh, young adolescent teenagers, uh, uh, you know, engaging and practicing unsafe sex. And this is a natural part of growth. Human uh, physical curiosity around sex is something that does uh, uh, come up as as hormones are starting to change and sexual curiosity uh, comes about in 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 adolescent teenagers, and and, and that we know can be offset by sex education that is a lot more comprehensive. So then we also then have to ask, are we getting sex education correct? We are, Oliver, getting the comprehensive sexuality education correct. Um, the department has even uh, developed what we call scripted lesson plans uh, to support and assist educators in the lesson plans that they need um, to undertake. But the biggest challenge that we have, we cannot only have this conversation in schools. These conversations they have to take place at home. These conversations have to take place in the community. Our children are engaging in unprotected sex. As the department, we have been working with the Department of Health to provide contraceptives, to provide sexual right. reproductive health uh, services within the schooling environment. But the policy on integrated school health uh, dictates that for learners to access those services in schools, parents have to give consent. And that is where we are getting a, a, a pushback right. uh, from our parents where they are not consenting for their children to access uh, SRHR services in schools. But also you would remember that in 2019, 2018, 2019, we were struggling as a department where communities were pushing back around the, the strengthening of the implementation of comprehensive sexuality education in our schools. So we have worked with the communities, we've worked with different schooling environments and schooling communities. So we are in the process of uh, cascading and rolling out to more schools, more educators trained, and and making sure that um, comprehensive sexuality education becomes the cornerstone of, of prevention in our schools. 
Yeah, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, Tukaka, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really, really do appreciate it. Tukaka Nogotuka, who's the uh, Department of Basic Education Chief Director for Care and Support. I want to bring into the conversation Fina Kodisang, who's the CEO of Soul City. Uh, Kodisang, do we have a education, comprehensive sexual education uh, regime that is uh, one responding to the moment and the crisis and the scale of the crisis? And why is it that we find communities resisting to integrated health uh, that includes uh, sexual reproductive health, such as condoms and contraceptives being introduced uh, to schools? Good morning, Oliver, and to the listeners. We do have comprehensive sexuality education because as society institutes, we, were, we played a part also in the curriculum that uh, is delivered within the CSE. If you remember, Soul City has had Soul Body Club for many years, and I, I want to believe the evidence speaks for itself. The club has shown how, when you do implement comprehensive sexuality education, that is age-appropriate, you are able you know, to reduce new pregnancies, new infections. But the pushback that comes from communities is a huge concern because we do know as communities who the perpetrators are. We do know, um, you know, in the same way that teachers are known that um, are having sex with learners and impregnating learners. We just don't do punitive, uh, we, do, we just don't take punitive measures against perpetrators. It, it, it's a norm. It, it's something we normalize. It's something that we take lightly, and it's a serious concern because, like you were asking, Mm. How many have been arrested? We don't have that set. We don't have cases that we know of, even as an organization where we can say, we know of this case and this is how it ended. Instead, we know in some communities where it was resolved, you know, among um, family members as a, as a civil matter where a person was asked to pay damages and it ended there, you know. And, and, and so that's where we have a problem. The law is very clear. There's a duty to report on organizations, on teachers, on nurses, on social workers, on police, on every human being who is aware of um, a violation that is taking place with children. The duty to report yeah. is upon all of us. And in the law says you could be charged up to a maximum of five years in prison. But we don't do that. And we don't see that happening. And until we implement the law in its fullest. Yeah. We will continue to see perpetrators getting away with a violation of children. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned age-appropriated comprehensive sexual education. What does that look like? It's about talking to a nine-year-old about the development that happens in their body. For them to understand that it's normal, you know, when you get to age 12, 13, to start developing feelings for boys. It's not that you are promiscuous, it's not that anything is wrong, but the society makes you feel like the minute you develop feelings for boys or for girls, there's something wrong with you, you know, and so when you are being violated, people touching you inappropriately, doing whatever, you start keeping quiet because society has created that environment of secrecy also around sexuality, and we problematize young people who talk openly about what is happening to them and to their bodies. So if we create that culture, children will keep quiet when something happens and they end up submitting. So there's consent and submitting, right? Yeah. So they will submit to sex 
not because they want to, but they feel the teacher as somebody with authority who might give them a good mark because they will promise good marks and whatever, you know, has a right to do what they are doing to them. And they will not talk to anyone about it. So in, in age-appropriate, we teach them what, what must happen to your body, how the body will develop, what you must do when something has happened to you, types of communications they should have yeah. with peers, with parents, with teachers, and with other people who are older than them in their community. Yeah. Uh, part of the problem is society and parents reject this intervention and they frame it as something that will encourage uh, their teenage children and their young children to go out there and actually have sex. If you say to them, well, it's normal that sexual arousal is a thing that happens when you're a teenager, uh, th- parents seem to think that means uh, it's an encouragement to go out there and have sex. What What is a standard response that can be given by the education department to that sort of mythical response uh, to comprehensive sexual education? I think the mistake that has been made is we do things with learners and we leave out parents. For me, the same education that learners are getting about what is happening to them should be um, done with parents. You know, we should have sessions with parents. And we saw the success of that model uh, when we were implementing Soldiers with Parenting program where parents themselves are equipped to have these conversations in the home with their children, you know, to be able to answer questions around menstruation, around yeah. arousal, around all the sexual reproductive health issues that come up. But because we've done it solely with children and have not really engaged parents, that's the mistake we need to fix. We must, in the same, in the, the same investment story we made in teaching learners to be done with parents, uh, caregivers as well. So yeah. that they are comfortable with what is in the curriculum because the things that were posted were not are not things that are there in the curriculum. And the morality that we assume as a country, being 80% Christian, one would understand why our country will take that position, that we are doing a lot of harm because the things that we are pushing back on are the things actually that will help us prevent. We must prevent and not always respond. Yeah. And, and so one then does have to ask the question around how an integrated response look like, because you then say, well, the inclusion of parents in sexual education is important. Sometimes it seems like parents themselves need to be educated uh, on, 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 on sexual health, sexual reproduction uh, and safe sexual performance and practice. Um, how then is the best way to include parents into that? What social instruments and institutions uh, can play a part in this? Organizations like ourselves, the Soul City and others are there to help the department when they are busy with learners in the school. We can run workshops with parents, you know, where sometimes we bring the learners and the parents together to facilitate that conversation. But parents also need to know what consent is, what violation looks like, what statutory rape is, so that if my 10-year-old comes home pregnant, I need to know that this is statutory rape and not just sit with a pregnant learner, take them to the clinic, and force them to give birth. I need to understand that something is wrong here. If my 10-year-old is pregnant, ask the question, who has impregnated you? If it's an older person, go and report that to the police so that they follow up and arrest the perpetrator. But we see parents not taking action. 
Yeah. Do we have a, a crisis of reporting, right? Because oftentimes uh, a lot of parents and communities will say, well, if, if she has been impregnated by a 35-year-old man and she's only 16, who's going to take care of that child while he's in jail? And so as a result, they end up not reporting. Uh, there also is an inequality and a poverty problem at the heart of this crisis, right? True. Very true. But most of the time, they don't even take care of their children even when they are not in prison. You know, yeah. so we need to fix the problem and not make excuses. I think we need to get to the, to where everybody sees this as part of a problem they need to solve and not leave it to the teachers, not leave it to the police, but everybody needs to see themselves as having a role to play in preventing more statutory rape. I think we must also move away from calling it teenage pregnancy, right? Yeah. Let's call it statutory rape. So everybody needs to play a role in solving statutory rape, in preventing more rape cases from happening. And so poverty cannot be an excuse. Right, right, certainly. Thank you so much for that. I really, really do appreciate your time. Uh, Afina Kodisang, the uh, Soul City CEO. Tweet me your reactions to this conversation and your thoughts. It is at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter, Oliver Dixon on Facebook. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to take uh, your traffic. Uh, and on the other side of that, we're going to be speaking to Matakanya Matakanya, uh, who is the National Association of School Governing Bodies General Secretary. How can we get parents to be more involved and not have them only outsource sexual comprehensive sexual education to schools and teachers in particular? All of that on the other side of this. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. This is the Mediated Conversation. We have a teenage pregnancy epidemic in South Africa. Concomitant to that, as aptly said uh, by Fina Kodisang, Soul City CEO previously, what it means is that we have a statutory rape epidemic in South Africa as well. But sexual education and the inclusion of community members and society at large, particularly through parents, is an important part uh, of an intervention that will turn around the picture. One, it will expose uh, those who uh, exploit, adults who exploit vulnerable teenagers who oftentimes don't have the language to speak about consent and limitations. Uh, and oftentimes it is also about educating uh, young children, in particular uh, young boys and girls, about uh, what safe sex practices are, what hormonal changes in the body are, and integrating that into a comprehensive sex education curriculum. But this pushback, as both Fina uh, Nkodisang uh, has said to us, as well as Totako Nogoduka has intimated to us, that parents are not accepting of this intervention. Neither are they accepting of an integrated sexual health approach uh, that includes condoms and contraceptives being made available uh, to young children in our schools. Matakanye Matakanya, who is the National Association of School Governing Bodies generally, General Secretary, is with us now. Uh, Matakanye, good, thank, uh, good morning. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate you are a parent, you speak to parents, and you exist in the community of parents in schools. Why is there such a strong pushback at this intervention? Good morning, Oliver, and all your listeners. Uh, <clears throat> firstly, before I, I answer that question, uh, Oliver, I think time is now that uh, we deal with these three men. The three men that I'm referring to is uh, the teacher as a man, the boy child as a man, and uh, the adult 
in the community. And these are three men that I'm referring to. Because this thing, I think if we don't just directly start dealing with it, it will never go away. Now, the teacher, I think uh, there are laws that bars the teacher from doing what they are doing. So I, I don't know. Then the government must look into those laws, whether they are working or they are not working. And uh, the the boy child, uh, then they, we must also look into that and say, how do we send a message to say, please stop doing what you are doing? We have to send a message. And the community, man, we also have to send a clear message. I think the message is clear when it comes to a, the, the, the man in the community that this must be reported to the police, then this must be arrested by the police because there's a straight rape and all those things. But these things are really not working. So I think we really just have to intervene on those three phases. Yeah. And, and if we want to bring it. But coming back to your question, is that... Uh, the question that one will ask is why after this civil society going to European Union and get money and come and implement a culture that is not relevant to our situation, then there is, I mean, Oliver, you, you stated numbers in Limpopo, you stated numbers. In case that then you stated there are numbers all over all over the country. The advent of the CSE, then the pregnancy is right in the, the schools. And uh, because children wants always wants to experiment. When you tell them this and that and that, as I listen to the lady, this and that and that, then they want to the intent they want to experience what you have been teaching them. Now, now, but that's not psychological. The, the psychosocial. Uh, just, just, just a second. Can I just pause you there, Matakanya? Can I just pause you there? The, the the psychosocial science doesn't agree with you. There's nothing that suggests, and scientifically speaking, there's no data that supports the idea that if you speak to young children about sex, that they'll want to go and explore it as you've spoken to them about it. Uh, well, I don't know whether uh, Oliver. Uh, what I'm saying is not psychology. Uh, it's not scientific. Uh, what I'm saying that children will always want to experiment. So if you are saying it is not scientific, I don't know. But uh, when when you 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 read books, uh, when you observe, uh, if you if 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 you have uh, you have been a student, I think if you have been a student, Oliver, uh, when when the teacher teaches you. Whatever it teaches you in the class, when you go out there, then you want to practice. You want to practice that. Uh, so it is scientific that once you teach, they will go out and practice that. I mean, look, let me just give you an example. No, that's kind of, uh, that's uh, frankly speaking, that's, that's a little bit very unscientific. If, if teachers are telling you in class, look, crime pays, don't commit crime, here's what crime looks like, it doesn't mean that you're going to have children leaving the classroom wanting to go and commit crime. They do that. They, exactly, they do exactly that. You take the students and 
civilians I mean, to, the, to the prison and, say, and show them how people suffer after they have done that and done that and done that. You take them to, 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 to prison. Now, they go back and they want to be there. They want to be there and see for themselves and taste it for themselves. And, this is, and we are saying these things because uh, if you check uh, Oliver, Maybe this is the next discussion, that we must check all the civil society, all the, uh, the NGOs that, that, that are talking about these things. Where do they get money? And why are they now implementing a culture that is, not, that is foreign to South Africa? Look, I, I, I agree with you again, and I, and, I, and I do hope that you engage institutions with professionals at work in this space uh, that are able to help you and, and hold your hand through what an, a comprehensive sexual education program looks like uh, and why it's important that we have one implemented. I think it's important that you speak to psychologists, educational psychologists, and people that have spent many, many years studying these things intensively uh, to be able to make sense of it. But we're going to have to leave it there. really, really do appreciate your time this morning. Matakanya, Matakanya who is the General Secretary of the National Association of School Governing Bodies. That's the end of the show for me and myself. Uh, Stephen Gruetis will be back with you tomorrow, but I'll be back with you this evening.